0: threat is flood your body with abundant nutrition. Mm. Using one. Number two, you gotta detox because the reason we are sick is because we've got a lot of toxins stuck in the body. I'm just thinking just like a garden. How do you attend the garden? You know you need to weed the garden. You need to rejuvenate the soil. So then you can have a good you know, good plants and, and have a harvest. And I use a simple energy and then supplement
1: Um, hi everyone Nicolette Richet here and I am back with this week's episode of the eat real to heal podcast and on today's show I am so excited to have Jan Newell Dr. Jan Newell she is an engineer she's a holistic health coach and she has tackled breast cancer using the Gerson therapy. Now, being an innate researcher and scientist at heart, I love this interview because it's so exciting to chat with somebody who had to first discover the therapy on her own, and then someone who dove extensively into the research before making a decision to actually do this therapy. So, being a nerd, being someone who loves reading academic journals, being someone who likes to really research all angles of a particular subject before diving in, this interview is music to my heart because there's some people who I just admire deeply who will instinctively know, hear something, and then know that it's the right thing for them to do. So they might you know, do oil pulling or they might do chemo or they might, you know, decide to do laughter therapy or they might decide to do some immunotherapy that their doctor recommends. doesn't matter whether it's alternative or conventional medicine or, you know, allopathic or alternative, whatever you want to, whatever terms you want to use. When you make a decision to do something, a lot of people don't do a ton of research besides reading a few people's blogs, and, you know, really looking maybe at maybe what the news says, which can be very biased. And instead of actually just diving into the evidence-based literature, but it's hard to read that stuff. I get it. And so a lot of people will trust their gut. And I actually really admire that. At the end of the day, there's no right or wrong answer because we know 100% of the time that chemo doesn't work for everybody. But we also know 100% of the time, alternative therapies don't work for everybody. So when it comes to making a decision, you truly have to make a decision that resonates with you and that you can live with, that you can follow, that you can um, you know, buy into ultimately. But when somebody is able to dive into the science and actually arrive at the conclusion that nutritional medicine is better or at least more fitting than just sticking to conventional medicine, well, I love that because I can see the wheels turning in their minds. I can see how they arrived at that answer, and that just fascinates me deeply. So. Before we dive into this podcast with Jan, who is an amazing health coach, a Gerson therapy trainer, she has her health and wellness show called Health Talk 180. So I encourage you all to go to her Facebook and sign on and follow her and listen to her videos as she interviews doctors and other people who've healed from metabolic nutritional therapies like the Gerson therapy. But before we dive into that podcast, let me just come back to say, I am wishing you all well. It has been yet another week that has gone by of COVID-19 pandemic, carrying all the uncertainty, carrying all the potential fear and stress, but I just want to remind you to Take time every single day to breathe. Take time every single day to reach out to somebody you love and tell them that you love them. Take the time that you have now while potentially you aren't working to turn off the news and actually learn something new that can help you. It could be in art, music, dance. It could be science. It could be any subject matter that you know lights you up take the time to learn something, to grow, to challenge yourself. And it doesn't have to cost money because fortunately there's all of these beautiful free trainings that are being offered all around the world. Bonnie Coberly is offering incredible breath work. There is you know, beautiful people offering yoga online for free, like our dear friend, Kristen Campbell. There is, There are people offering incredible cooking courses online, like um, Hooked on Plants, the Olympic champion, Julia Murray. So go and check out anything. Just learn, because once you're doing this, you're going to light yourself up. You are going to release endorphins and all the good healing hormones and molecules that your body needs to manage the stress. So put yourself in a state of awe, in a state of gratitude, in a state of health so that you can get through this COVID-19 pandemic in the best possible way that you can. And choose to look at this situation as an opportunity. Yes, we are all Deeply hurting for the people that have lost their lives. But there's perspective that also needs to be taken with this as well. And I don't want to take away from anybody who has lost their life and all the family members who were left behind. But death is a natural part of just, it's just part of being human. It's part of being alive. It's a contract that we sign the minute we enter this world. Whether it's that point of conception or your point of birth or whatever that point is, we literally sign this spiritual, conscious, living document that says when we come into the world, we're also accepting death. Now, death happens all around us. There are children in this world that are being held captive and being. Used in and abused in the sex trade, and they are dying. There are people that are dying of malnutrition still in this day and age in 2020. There are hundreds of thousands of people around the world that are dying from medical error, as it's the third leading cause of death. And so, yes, we do have a virus that is taking tens of thousands of lives right now around the world, but this is also an opportunity, this opportunity where the world has stopped, the world is on hold, and I don't know how else we could have ever been given this time other than potentially through a virus like COVID-19, but most of us are literally working ourselves to the bone in the Western world, in you know, developing worlds in countries where there's a lot of wealth and in countries where there's a lot of poverty everybody is working hard just to make ends meet just to put food on the table and right now i see what's happening with covid19 it can go in a couple different ways if you choose to live in a constant state of fear instead of reinventing yourself right now well this virus is just a potential opportunity To widen the gap between the extremely wealthy and the poor or the middle class, or it's an opportunity for the poor and the middle class to rise up and not rise up to want to adopt the same standards of wealth that the multi multi millionaires and billionaires of the world have, but to actually adopt a state of wealth that is truly and innately the true definition of health. And that is where you have incredible optimum health in your body, physically, in your cells. You also have incredible health spiritually, and mentally, and emotionally. You have this downtime now, and millions of free resources from universities and coaches and therapists and, um, you know, business planners. And I mean, the world is full of people giving out free information right now. And so there is no excuse right now for you to not stop and take the time to really tune into what your values and your principles are and align yourself now to those values and principles like you have never done before. And I have a feeling what will happen is if we can do this all around the globe, there will be a raising of consciousness. More people are returning to the land than ever before. People are learning how to cook again. When we have so many people in North America that are don't even have kitchens in their homes anymore because they're just sitting at their computer all the time, eating out all the time. Think about reconnecting with your loved ones, because in the day and age of Facebook and Instagram, when a like really doesn't mean anything, why don't you truly reconnect with what it means to like someone and to love someone? People are getting their bodies fit, while many people are also getting unhealthy during this time as they're binge watching television and eating food. But this is the time to do a 180 degree turn, just like Jen Newell's Health Talk 180 suggests. It's about literally turning your life around like you've never been able to do it before. Because really the way you could see COVID-19, it's a sabbatical it's a sabbatical that you've never been able to afford to take before. It's a sabbatical that is giving you the time to reinvent yourself. It is a sabbatical that is allowing you to connect with who you truly are. So there's no excuses. Take the time that this epidemic pandemic has given you and truly make the best of it. So Having said that, I just want to share one more thing before we dive into this podcast, and that is we launched our 22 million campaign back in February, just before all of this global pandemic stuff happened. And we are still going ahead with it. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get on my bike and lace up my running shoes and run and bike the 2,200 kilometers from Pemberton, British Columbia down to California. But it's still happening. So please visit our fundraising page and please donate because right now we've had to lay off dozens and dozens of employees, literally up to, I think we had 87 employees between our five cafes and our corporate restaurants. And we ha- don't know if we're going to be able to open again. So we have to reinvent ourselves because right now we're taking about a $50,000 loss every single month that COVID is happening. And there are no relief programs, though the governments around the world are saying, oh, we have funding and loans and everything. Well, one thing I can tell you is that businesses, small businesses especially, are being asked to take on the burden of COVID to ensure that there's still jobs at the end of this pandemic. But what that means for a small business is that our margins are already super tight, especially in the food and beverage industry. So these loans, while they're great to get us through this pandemic, if this pandemic lasts three months, we need $150,000 minimum just to see ourselves through our, these first three months, that's our burn rate. And that really includes everything from still having to pay our rent because yes, our landlords are giving us a deferral, but what it looks like to defer rent is that shortly after the pandemic's over, our landlords want their money back. They're not saying don't bother paying it. They're actually wanting the money back. And so the loans are the same thing. These loans, we have to pay interest, and then we're going to have to take on the burden of paying an extra, what it looks like for our company is an extra $3,500 to $4,000 a month based on the loans that we'd have to take out to be able to survive this pandemic. So if we don't do that, well, we lose all of our businesses. And that's not the end of the world for us personally. I've literally been at rock bottom before financially i can get dig ourselves out of that i can reinvent myself i can start another business i can do something i will find a way but it will also mean that it could take years before we get up to being the size of the business that can employ 90 people we are set to open 10 restaurants in new york city you know we might not be able to go ahead with that if we don't survive this pandemic And it's not just this three months that we need to get through. We live in a resort community that relies on tourism 99% of the year. And right now our resort community is dead. There are no tourists coming here. We pay some of the highest taxes. We pay some of the highest um, rent as well for our commercial spaces. And without a tourism economy, Well, we don't have customers, and it doesn't look like it's just going to snap on the minute this epidemic is over because people need to get visas. People need to get plane tickets. Are people going to hop on a plane? Not necessarily. So we're looking at maybe nine months of having to try and survive this pandemic. So why I bring up 22 million is because our mission is to help 22 million people reverse their chronic degenerative diseases by 2030. We know we're not going to be able to do that if we lose our businesses right now. But the way that we can survive this is through donations that we can take from you and all of the donations will go towards educating 22 million people on how to reverse their chronic diseases. You will also be able to get a tax receipt because we are doing this fundraising um, collectively through our Um, nonprofit, our charity, and as well through our other organizations. So learn more about our 22 million campaign. Please support it because really we all need to come together to support all the small businesses that are being hit out there, to support all the individuals, because at the end of the day, we want to reopen our doors. We want to rehire all of the employees that we had to lay off, and we want to be able to continue to serve our communities in teaching them that food is medicine and medicine is food. So check out our link at 22 million and support us in any way you can, even if it's just a word of encouragement, that would be great because I've never run 2200 kilometers before in my life or bike that distance. And I'm going to be doing that the minute this COVID pandemic lifts. So thanks everyone for being here. Let's dive into this incredible podcast with Jan Newell. And you know what to do. Share this podcast with your friends. If you enjoy it, write to us and tell us what you loved about it or didn't love about it. And definitely let us know if there's a healing hero in your community that should be on our show, because we'd love to share their story with the world. Have a great day, everyone. Hi, everyone. Nicolette Richet here. And today on our show, we have Jen Newell. She is a retired engineer and she is also now a health coach as a result of going through her own journey. So thanks uh, Jen for being here on the show with us. It is really a pleasure to have you share this remarkable story of overcoming cancer.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's my honor to be here talking with you. So, Jan, you were from Vancouver. Were you originally born in Vancouver, British Columbia? No, I was born in China. I came to Vancouver in 1987. In 1987? Yeah. Yeah. I come here to went to UBC to get my PhD degree in electrical
1: engineering. Wow, at UBC. And so what part of China are you from? Uh, Beijing. From Beijing. Oh, I was just in Beijing in 2008. I was teaching her group of physicians there all about the gerson therapy and did you know that do you know all about everything that's happening in china around gerson therapy i i
0: do i do yes i've been following them they have been doing great job Um, uh, spreading the words of gerson and really get people exposed to gerson the
1: protocol and and yeah i i follow their journey quite closely Oh, that's amazing! It was such an incredible experience for me to be in China because it was my first time there, and we did um, fly into Beijing, and that's where we did the major events. We had about one event, I think there was about two hundred and fifty physicians. Wow! Yeah, that learned all about the gerson therapy. But what was really remarkable about my trip there, um, and maybe you can speak to this, but it's very different from being in Canada because I previously met with all these health officials in Canada, and everybody kind of was like, they had their arms crossed on their chest and they're like, I don't believe food is medicine. And, you know, they were really gruff about it and we're not open, but when we were in China, It was interesting because everybody was leaning in. They were like, tell me more, tell me more. Like, how does the therapy work? What's the science behind it? And I just love that level of curiosity and wanting to learn, which I don't often see amongst a lot of people in Canada. And I don't know if that's a cultural thing or if it was just in this particular instance around the person therapy. I don't know. I think partially cultural thing too.
0: You know, in China there is a tradition of a holistic healing, a use of food medicine, but a lot of that been lost over the years. Especially since I don't know if you're familiar, you know, the history in China during the ten years of cultural revolution. That's yeah. when I grew up. doing that, this exactly almost ten years time, everything tradition, uh, education, uh, all been lost. And that's where I grew up. So, you know, if I look back, um, I didn't have that. I didn't know. You know, a lot of stuff I didn't know. I grew up in northern China, where we eat cabbage and rice. Well, now looking back, that's actually not bad compared (laughs) to the diet I switched to after I arrived in Canada. But still, it's very uh, limited, yes. But I think traditionally, and then um, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, uh, herbal medicine, um, it's, a, it's, it's a big thing in China. So people mm-hmm. relatively open-minded knowing that a body can heal and have that basic foundation. And then also mm-hmm. the curious what does a person can do different from Chinese medicine?
1: Yeah. And that's the part that I love because, uh, for my family, I mean, we will use, um, traditional Chinese medicine or TCM as it's called for a lot of people, for a lot of people yes. who might be listening, mm-hmm. you know, or we'll use, um, You know, acupuncture, which is part of traditional Chinese medicine, or herbs when we, you know, feel something coming on, we'll use herbs in good high doses to be able to tackle it. But, you know, for the long term, day to day sustenance, I mean, this is what I love about the Gerson therapy, but also the traditional Chinese diet as well, because, I mean, rice and cabbage for sure, it may be in some communities where they don't have access to a lot of diversity. But when I was in China, I mean, Even in the hotels, the breakfast buffets, there must have been 50 different fruits and vegetables displayed. And then over to the far back corner of the room on one tiny table, there was the Western breakfast, which was like eggs, white bread bacon like and I was looking at this and it just looks so funny and ridiculous in the context of the traditional Chinese food that they serve for breakfast which was literally like 50 different vegetables and the longevity seafood vegetables. Um you know they just it was so beautiful to see and I'd imagine that traditionally people would try and access this diversity in China versus maybe, you know, now I don't know maybe some of that tradition's lost in the big cities in China, I imagine.
0: It's, uh, I think, the results of a modernization, supposed to be high-paced, high-stress, westernized, and a lot of the time you threw the baby out, threw the bathwater out
1: with the baby. Yeah. (laughs) How do you say that? You you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So... The last thing I wanted to say that was um, happening in China for people who do not know is that we got to travel to Kangbao, which is a region in China. I'm probably mm-hmm. saying it wrong, um, but it's close to the Mongolian border. And there they're building 150 bed units, like apartments that are all solar powered, wind powered, and it's actually has this huge, massive community Center and healing center on the property awesome. as well, wow. where they teach the Gerson therapy and they teach plant based whole food as medicine. It's Exciting. on 200 acres of organic land. They have these earth ship greenhouses that are growing food all year long, despite the fact that the climate is very similar to British Columbia. So, a mm. lot of snow in the winter. And yeah, it's just pretty spectacular what's happening. So, anybody who wants to know more about that, make sure you follow us because we're going to be doing a full podcast just on that alone awesome exciting yes so tell us more about what that looked like when you left China and came to Vancouver because that is the same journey I made when I was four years old but it's the same journey my mother made and she was 27 at the time so she left rural Africa where you know just eating pure food grown from the land cooked eaten very similar to Gerson food and then came to Canada and I'm sure what happened to you is very similar to what happened to my mom and so tell us about that and what was the biggest differences that you noticed as well
0: oh, I grew up in more or less a 10 years cultural revolution that's what, and also I grew up in northern China it's the poorest part of China so, and then in northern China, we have a majority of the year all winter time. It's so a growing season very short. So that's why we're very limited vegetable. Um, so because we have limited vegetable, and back then, there was not like today, you can get vegetable from other part of the country. So you basically eat where you are locally grown. So our diet by nature is very limited. Um, but we do eat a lot of vegetables, vegetables and uh, corn and other things other things so <clears throat> then our family moved to uh middle part of china i went to university but i grew up in the time uh it, it's not like today it's not like china you saw when you went to china it's, it's, uh-huh. it's still before before opening the door to the western country and it's still very poor very limited supply and um, so when China first opened up to the Western world, and uh, we started having the, this opportunity to come to uh, North America to advance our education. So that's the time I just finished my bachelor, finished master's degree. So I applied, got a scholarship from UBC, and uh, I was study uh, and one of the professor uh, towards my PhD degree. So that's why I come here. Um, I come here, I remember the first thing that uh, I started to interact with a local student, they were laughing at me because uh, every day I eat a cabbage and rice, cabbage, I love it. <laughs> I love it. why You only eat cabbage and rice. Yeah. And then they started to introduce me to Western food. And uh, my mind at that time, i thinking, if I'm here in Vancouver, want to immerse in the culture, then I should do what local do. Mm. Eat, eat the food they eat and, and you know learn the language learn their culture you know you know like uh, yeah. and that's a part of my mindset so i did not like drinking milk why drink milk my stomach hurts i figure mm, maybe because i didn't drink it for last 20 uh, some
1: years if i drink just drink often enough i'll get over it so i drink milk <laughs> so you started drinking milk okay so in china you didn't drink milk that no, was just not, not at part- all. i know not and- at all. And it's so funny because I hear people say things all the time, like, oh, it's so disgusting what people eat in other countries. And I'm like, Yeah, but do you know that other people in other countries think it's actually disgusting what we eat here in North America? So and, milk is a prime example, right? Yes, and I forced myself to drink milk. And what's another thing is when well, I,
0: I remember clearly when we had a dinner with my professor Goan, they always have a dessert after a after meal, right? I clearly asked him, I said, why you have the dessert? He said, that's what we do. And I said, um, you eat the cookies and the sweet. I don't like sweet, right? And I figured, well, local people don't like dessert. Maybe I should like dessert
1: too. I start eating it. <laughs> and I imagine that there was like also, so once you start to eat it, because you are now motivated, Because and, and I think which is amazing, um, to want to understand a culture and want to you know, experiment with that and to see and to learn and to be part of it and to be surrounded. And also we're humans, we want to be liked. And so there's lots of yeah, emotional cycles. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because, I mean, now that you've gone through your whole experience of reversing your cancer and healing with food as medicine and the Gerson therapy, if you were to go to, a, I mean, you're also much older and wiser now, you know, just like I am, but, you know, I wouldn't go to another country and probably eat a lot of Everything they eat. No, especially if I know it doesn't contribute to health, right? So it's also Mm -hmm. what we do when we're young, so that's understandable. Um, So when you started doing this then, you said like you started drinking the milk and it was hurting your stomach. Like, did you make that association between the milk and your stomach aches or? I, I do. I have the association, but I just assume if I just drink long enough, it will go away. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: I actually did go away. I just continued drinking it, and uh, in the end, <laughs> I was okay drinking it.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, you probably need to change your microbiome over to be able to like break up the lactose and lactase <laughs> and everything. So, okay, so then, so then you started doing this, and did anything change considerably, considerably with your health, or was that? It's a very, very slow progression. But
0: you know, to be honest, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm. I think that another set of pictures, I'm not too sensitive to how my body tell me. I'm a more of a, now looking back, you know, we probably talk uh, we'll talk about the lesson learned. One yeah. of the lesson learned is, you know, people often talk about mind, our body. You know, if you mind ignored your body, you push your body, uh, continue. I'm a very, uh, 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 mind strong person. So I kind of, uh, whatever the sig- little signal of a body
1: gave me I said, Hey, go away. Right, you know, but, you, you, but who doesn't do that? Who doesn't want to shoot their messenger? Yeah. I I yeah. call it shooting the messenger, right? Like you get yes, a lump on your right. arm, you want to cut mm-hmm. it off. You get a mole, you want to remove it. You get, you know, gray hair, you want to dye it. You don't want to yeah. be told that things are happening in your body. Exactly. Yeah. If
0: you're tired because I'm weak, it's not because I need a rest.
1: Yeah. You know, why am I
0: tired? Why don't? Why can't I just continue push through? Because yeah. my mind is not strong. I gotta be stronger. Yeah. You know that kind of mindset not listening to the body so that's why when i was diagnosed huge huge shock right because i never thought it's gonna happen to me because i didn't think i never really never go to doctor and it, i you know i don't think i'm tired i always work until 11 12 and one o'clock and get up and, and four and five and continue wow. you know i i felt like a, a i feel like a, I feel like if i have the motivation even mm-hmm. my body can do it What's wrong? is nothing wrong, right? Uh-huh. And I always planned. you know, we all do financial planning. I always planned until 80 years so. old. Never even occurred to me anything could be wrong before 80. I said, okay, well, by, by the time, maybe until 80, I might have eight campaigns. I need to have money to set aside to take care of myself. When I'm 80, I never, ever thought anything could happen before 80.
1: <laughs> wow. So there's just so many things that that um, brings up for me. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that because um, I'm assuming like you when you talk about engineering, you seem pretty passionate about it. Were you passionate about your career?
0: Yes, I was uh, working hard between yeah. my job and, you know, be yeah. um, coming to Canada, not knowing English, got my PhD, decided to be an engineer. I didn't like research. So I that's why I become an engineer. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's all about establishing myself in the in the also become engineers male dominant area. Yeah. I need to prove myself because I'm a second language, I need to prove myself because I'm a female. I need to prove myself just because. Yeah. So I put in extra work, extra motivation, and also at the same time there's a family, and I bring up the kids and and uh, you want them to do well. You want to be there for them. You want to provide yes. the best opportunity for them. So there's a demand all from all directions. And even though I know, I, actually, I grew up playing sports. So I know if I exercise, if I play sports, I have so much more energy. I yeah. don't need to spend as much time working on things. Yeah. But over the years, that stuck is lost. Because I start treating time hmm. for, you know, treating time to accomplish the day to day job. Yeah. And slowly, as I was treating time for it, I started treating my health for it. You know, and some of the symptoms now looking back is all ill health. Some of the symptoms is being irritable, you know, short fused. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, when you're, and an, 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 an gaining weight. You know, people, that's another thing I learned is that when people say, oh, just gain weight, we all gain weight as we older become, because my metabolism is going down. No, gain weight is a signal of your body is not working right. Exactly. And take that as, a, it's not so much about um, looking good, looking slim. It's really about, it's your body telling you something's not quite right. Take notice. Don't take it, you know, as if that's. So, yeah, I was starting gaining weight, and, and I, I go like, how do I still get rid of this weight? I actually exercise. I exercise, but it's not gaining, it's not going anywhere, it's still started going up. Yeah. Now I know why,
1: but back then I didn't know. <laughs> and you know, and this is how, like everything you've touched on, I mean, the listeners are listening, but what it's resonating deeply with me as well because you know I'm a mother of three three children. I um, have three beautiful girls between the ages of eight and fifteen. I mean, we're running multiple businesses. Um, I'm coaching clients. It's emotional because a lot of them have diseases um, and illnesses, and that they're in like the final stages of you know yes. trying to sort it out and find a solution which is when they usually come to me and say, okay, they put their hand up and they're like, I'm ready to do the work. Like I'm ready to Mm -hmm. eat the proper food and rest and everything like that. But it's resonating with me because the same thing, like I know my doctor, um, I don't go to the doctor often, but I was there for something. And uh, it might've even been for one of my daughters. And I mentioned the fact too, I'm like, damn, like, you know, I need to figure this out. You know, the fact that I have noticed myself gaining weight. And that's exactly what he said. It's that he was like, "Oh, that just happens. You're 44. That get used to that. And by the way, you're 44, so you know you should start taking um, melatonin and digestive enzymes and da 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 da, and like this whole host of things. Which, yes, on Gerson we do take um, acidol, which is a digestive enzyme, a hydrochloric acid to help digest our nutrients. But that's really because we're so sick and we need the extra help. And but once you're healthy again, I mean, Doctor Max Gerson never said like." Keep taking the supplements. He's like, Your body can do a lot of this for you. So there's this mentality, even amongst what doctors and physicians are telling their patients, which is, Oh, this is just normal. Accept it, right? Like, accept menopause. Whereas, you know, yes, you can go through the process of no longer getting your period every month, but you don't have to go through the side effects and symptoms of it, right? And just like the weight gain and everything else. So yeah, I have to pay more attention to that because I kind of feel like I'm sometimes burning the candle at both ends and because I'm so passionate about my work and because I'm a female in this industry and all, everything you said resonated with me. So what happened then? So so you're working, you used to work for BC Hydro as an engineer for many, many yes. years. 26 years, yeah. 26 years, wow. Yeah. Um, we have that in common too, that I used to work at BC Hydro as well. <laughs> Yep, and so you worked there for twenty six years, and then you, from what I understand, is you retired, and yes. then you were diagnosed.
0: Yes, I uh, when my my son graduated from, you know, where my daughter graduated first, and my son graduated, I go like, hooray! I don't have to pay for the expenses <laughs> now. They are on you. They all It's now. It's my time. You know, I mm-hmm. felt like I had been making a living before. Now I' going to live. What I, my vision, I'm gonna live, I'm gonna be very passionate, I'm gonna do something I enjoy doing, something different from my engineering life. It's a short, I need to experience other things. So I've been doing real estate investing for many, many years. I said, okay, maybe I should just get into real estate and then become a licensed licensed real, realtor, helping people to invest for their future you know <laughs> you know I, you know i'm actually very passionate uh, to to share my experience to to uh, to talk with people how they can how they plan for their future not to spend every penny but rather spend some and mm-hmm. invest some taking care of themselves in, in the older age right yeah and uh yeah so i i got my lessons and and i was uh, uh, you know very uh, enthusiastic in the real estate business showing the homes, the closing deals, and, uh, you know, when we do mammogram every two years, the two years ago perfect fine, and there's a notice come in, the two years deal I need to go in and do, you know, sometimes your body have this innate um, feeling. I look the notice, I need to go in, but somehow I just get this a uh, sick feeling in my, in my stomach. Wow. So I put it out for, for for a little while. Every time I look at oh, should I do it? I actually put it on my desk for a while. I finally decided i would make an appointment go in. And I decided they're sus- sus- suspicious and they, they need to uh do uh biopsy and then that's the whole world start to spin, start to change. So-
1: Okay. So, so when you went in for your, this is like an, uh, a mammogram. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you go in for your mammogram and you had gone in two years previously, that one was fine. Now you're set to go in again. So what was the first thing that they noticed? Like, did you notice a lump at all or you did not have any idea? Okay. It's another lesson learned. You know, we always t- talk about
0: self-examination. Yeah. I did not do that. If I did, I would have discovered the wow. minute, Okay, so when you first you do mammogram, they don't tell you what it is; they just call you. I did mammogram very next day. I see the phone ring on my phone right away. I know something wrong. They were not going to call me. They never called me before. So they said we want you to come back do another look. So I, I so I made an appointment next day going out. Of, immediate after the phone call, I started to do self examination. I found it. Wow! And what did it feel like for you? It's a lump. Is a lump in there. It's actually a very noticeable lump. And it, was
1: it, it, and was it quite large or super small or what was it? Well, it was about, what was what's about, what's about this size. What about this size? Okay. So for anybody who's listening, Jan is just holding up like the, a, the yeah, first, like first knuckle yeah. on the tip of her yeah. finger, sorry index finger, yeah. that length um, at the at the tip. So that's quite noticeable. That's probably like three centimeters. Very noticeable. If yeah. I just examined, I will notice that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, definitely it's really important to do those self checks all the time. I mean, like right now I want to raise my head up and start doing, I'm raising my hand up and I'm like doing a check right now because I realize it's been a while since I did check. It's and so checks- important to know the body, so important. Yeah, and get in there and, you know, don't press hard on your breast because you have very tender tissues, but also just get in there and get to know what is normal and what is not so that if you ever discover a pattern that's not normal, like a lump, you'll notice it right away and then you can just go in and get it checked out. I want to mention another thing, <laughs> Nicola, is that
0: I don't know if you can see it on the, on the video. You see this little thing on my eyes? Can you see that? Yeah, is that you a cholesterol that lump? Yeah, I totally yes. see it. Okay. Yes. Okay, so when I first noticed that, I didn't know what it is, right? So yeah. there's no reason to go see a doctor. And I started to see that started to grow. That's a before, that's a before diagnosis. And then, so this started to grow. And I started, I look in the mirror, I can see it. And then slowly, this side slowly grow. At that very moment, I was thinking to myself, hmm, something grow here. I wonder what could grow inside my body. Oh interesting. And I went to see my doctor. I said, oh, do you see that? And said, what it is. He said, you know, here's what my doctor said. I'll send you to the eye doctor to see what they say.
1: Yeah.
0: I went to see the eye doctor. He looked at me, he said, that's your
1: cholesterol. You need to have that checked. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And any doctor, like general practitioners are seeing like sometimes 60 patients a day and they are going to see these little, so for what Jan is describing, um, it's right in, it would be right in the inner corner of your, um, just underneath your brow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just underneath Mm -hmm. your brow in the inner corner, just underneath your brow. And what can happen when you have high cholesterol is you form these, it's almost like a little fatty um, growth that grows there. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. And it is a growth that's there, but you can imagine that it almost looks like the cholesterol deposits inside your vascular system as well. And it's interesting because I've been telling my mom for 20 years, I'm like, mom, you have high cholesterol and it's showing up because she gets the same things. And she was like, oh no, it's fine. The doctor said it was fine. It's fine. Of course she goes in and she finally gets her test and they're like, you have high cholesterol. You need to, you know, bring that down. And so these are the things that um, people can check out. Did you know about this other, I just actually learned about this the other day, is that um, particularly in men, but also in women, they can get a crease, a diagonal crease on their earlobe, which is also an indication of high blood pressure and high cholesterol as well. Interesting. I did not hear that. Yeah. So anybody who's Mm -hmm. listening, go get your earlobes checked. And this is not like voodoo stuff I'm talking about. It's actually Mm -hmm. diagnosed that when they looked at people with high cholesterol and heart disease, I think it was like 76% um, of the people they looked at had this diagonal line. And basically what's happening is you're not um, your body's not able to receive blood flow to the extremities. So for example, mm-hmm. this part of your eye is most likely like an extremity, um, mm-hmm. that your lobes are an extremity that it's like, well, we can just, your body will actually sever off the parts of your body that it no longer needs that doesn't get blood flow. So this crease forms to the point that it almost, like the crease tightens and tightens and tightens until almost the earlobe lobe separates from itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is really common. And interesting. it's interesting because again, my dad has the same thing. And you know, oh. when I told him about that, I was like, dad, you've got to get this checked out. Um, but you know, it's not meant to scare you. It's actually meant to just empower you to go out there and get knowledge for how you can change that. Cause you can change these things. Okay. So Very here we are, you mm-hmm. have this fatty deposit. And so what did you do? With, did you do anything at this time? Or did you, you know, did you well, go get your cholesterol checked? I, I got my cholesterol checked,
0: and uh, sure enough, my cholesterol is high, and then my doctors put me on statin, the, the medication, and you know, back then, I, I'm i just like anyone else. Okay, and the doctor said, you have the medication you're going to have for the rest of your life. Okay, so I had a medication, Check again, everything normal, life goes on. Right.
1: Now, until these drugs- I, Until my diagnosis. No, are you, is your family here in Canada, or are they still in China?
0: A part of my family here, a part of my uh, family
1: in China. Okay. Now, in, and were you, like, did you grow up in a household where your family was taking um, high cholesterol, high blood pressure medication? Yeah, my, 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 my father and then his side of family, yes. Okay. So did you think, like, this is genetic or it must just run in the family? Or, like, were you yet associating lifestyle with your illness? I did not associate lifestyle to... That I,
0: I'm more of a thinking, oh, why is it getting older? Why is it having family history? Well, this is, and 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 you're thinking, oh, it's not something going to kill me. And doctor said it's not a big deal. Put on the medication, you're fine. Right. That's, that's
1: my understanding at that time. Right. Okay. So you take the drugs, and how did you feel taking them? Like, what did you, you probably, did you even know you had high cholesterol? Like, were you having Before symptoms? No, you didn't. Okay. So you, they tell you that you have it. take the drugs and so there's probably was there a big change in anything before and after taking the medications but
0: again you know because i was very not very in tune with my body you know in terms of my body signal kind of uh you know all kind of blur. I didn't know. It's like now I'm very sensitive to my body, I, you know, like how I feel, how I look, and, you know, pay attention. But no, no, I did not, I
1: did not before this. Okay, I'm just super curious, super curious. Um, yeah. Okay, so now you have the high cholesterol, and then you go and retire from working right? You're free of your children. Yeah. You don't have to pay feel for them. i free. I don't have to pay for them. I started doing my
0: real estate and all of a sudden this is diagnosed. Now everything stops everything stops. I was super terrified. First, the shock, the huge shock, mm-hmm. very terrified. I didn't know what it is. So, and then the, uh, I went to, and then my doctor first knows the diagnosis. He won't tell me. He said, I said, tell me what it is. They won't tell me. He said, I'm not going to tell you. I know you. You're going to go home to do research. I don't want you to be busy doing research. Everything will be fine. You wait until you see your oncologist. I went to see the surgeon. The surgeon just started telling me, oh, it's a triple negative. I have no idea. What does that mean? I asked her, what does that mean? She said, well, it just means that um, you try to use a you know uh less serious language but i do i did remember triple negative i go home started to do research and the minute i started to research my heart started to think i have the chills i felt like my blood is running off my body i'm super cold terrified terrified Mm -hmm. because it's an extremely aggressive form and um it's very difficult to heal um, yeah. So and then, so I was just totally in shock. I went to see oncologist, and he gave me. He said, um, "You, I need to do chemo." and gave me some options, and you do this, 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 this. I said, "Let me think about it." I took the paper home. I started doing my research. Being an engineer, I believe that everything has a reason, a cause. Yeah. cause and effect. effect. And I want to know, and I asked the, I asked the oncologist, I said, if this chemo drug is for my type of cancer, Is for my stage, or? He says, no, everybody get the same. If for your type, because it's aggressive, it we'll just have high dose. And I said, What is the side effect? The side effect of ABCD. And what are the chances for the side effects? And I started to do my own research. You know, I I do believe I'm not, you know, I respect doctor, but I don't treat them like God, you know, Mm -hmm. because there are times when I was engineer on the job, everything, everybody think I know everything. There are times I don't know. I give my best guess, but they treat it as the word from God. I know sometimes people do that but I don't treat doctor as, a, as the word, like a word from God. I need to do my research. My life is on the line. I rise, I fall on my turn. So oh, I want God. to do research and I want to make sure, you know, I do what is best for me. Yeah, so I, I go home for two weeks straight. I finally do my research. Now, okay. So
1: can I just jump in there? Because I know that I have a lot of clients too, that come to me and they're like, I did my research and I'm like, okay, show me what you found. And then often they point me in the direction of blogs that were written by, you know, individuals and I don't really get to see any references to you know journal studies what kind of research were you doing like was it anecdotal research is it medical journal research is it like give the audience a bit because I know what's going to happen is people are going to listen to this show and they're going to say well Jan was a PhD and she has a master's and she's an engineer. So she's super smart. And so she's doing good research, you know, but, but they're going to feel like, well, I can't do that kind of research or, you know, so if you could just help people understand, like, what was it Um, like for you? Because this is now you're out of the world of engineering and now you're in the world of medicine. So what did that research process look like? Yes.
0: My research mostly consists of first, I just do a Google search. I do Google search. I can starting, I start looking for testimonials to see what people, what they did. And now what I try to look for is the underlying commonality. Okay, people could use a different holistic or holistic. When I say holistic, it could be conventional plus natural treatment. And I want to see what they did, what they do, um, you know, success and failure. And, And then once I do enough, I start to see the common thread. Mm-hmm. that's what we're looking for it's not that uh, you did this i do exactly the same as you do what i want to looking for is that what is the common threat between the common what make this work yeah even you use the best protocol it's still there's a failure right exactly. you need to go see through all that and uh I, what I discovered is after I study enough, reading the blogs, watching the YouTube videos and reading book, after I done enough, I started to find a common thread. The common thread is flood your body with abundant nutrition mm. so using one. Number two, you got to detox because the reason we are sick is because we've got a lot of toxins stuck in the body. Yeah. I'm just thinking just like a garden, how do you attend the garden you know you need to weed the garden you need to rejuvenate the soil so then you can have a good you know good plants and have a harvest and i use a simple analogy and then supplement Um, i fully believe you know i haven't really taken supplement i remember i have the papers writing all the supplements i said i'm going to study that when i have time but you know what time gone by and disease catching up, and yeah. never really had the time I'm forced to study now so so i so i what i long story short I see the common thread in juicing, I see the common thread detox, I see the common thread supplement, and I see the common thread heal emotionally mm-hmm. the blockage, the physical blockage, emotional blockage. And I started to see the common thread. Once I see the common thread, I said, let me go back to what is the original? Yeah. Where is this coming from? What is a solid protocol that, uh, in ca- you know, encompass all that, the key ingredients that I can trust? And very quickly, I go to Gerson. And wow. in the minute I decided, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I think just just in the matter of about two weeks, I made a decision. This is what I'm going to do, and I'm very clear, and I'm going to use Gerson as my base protocol. I'm going to add others as I study them, as I feel confident, comfortable, try
1: it. So that's what I, that's what I did. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, I love this journey through your experience in discovering Gerson as well, because. I mean, for me, it was a bit different because I discovered Gerson not for my own health needs, but for my friend's mom, who her cancer had come back. A second time, it had metastasized from breast cancer to uterine bone cancer. And I remembered that my other friend's dad had done this juice- food therapy. Like I didn't have a name for it. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know anything about the connection between nutrient dense food and detoxification and disease. Mm -hmm. And so I remember calling him up and I was like, Bill, what was that therapy that you did? You know, I need to know from my friend's mom. And he's like, it's called the Gerson therapy. And he said, make sure she does it 100%. And I was like, okay, but I didn't know what it was. So then I had to Google it. And then I was like, okay, but food and juicing and supplements and, and detoxification. And so then I tried to explain that. Um, And then of course I went to the Gerson Institute and studied in their weekend training program. And then that's when, yeah, like that, literally the lights went off like crazy. It was like fireworks in my brain saying, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And same thing. It's like, how would you treat your garden? You treat your body the same way. How would you treat your home? Like you wouldn't allow garbage to build up in your home. You would constantly clean it out every day and every week. And you would, you know, what you put inside your home, you put the things that light you up, like furniture you love and, you know, you bring in food that you love. And so it was all about like the analogies were everywhere. How do you like, how do you treat an automobile? You don't give it fuel that would harm the automobile, like diesel and a gas engine or and gas in an electric vehicle, you give it the fuel that it needs, right? And we are human Absolutely. and we need mm-hmm. certain fuel. And mm-hmm. you also need a carburetor and all the other filters in a vehicle to clean out the waste. So constantly the analogies were around me. So I remember that, but I know I can't imagine ever if I was diagnosed with something, what that would be like to read the words Gerson therapy on a Google webpage. Like, I honestly, like, would my fear be too strong and override my ability to even want to research it Would what I found on Google that says, oh, you know, it's quackery or you yes. know, all the, mm-hmm. so did you mm-hmm. look into those comments about person? I did, I did. So what did. was that experience like?
0: Um, you know,
1: I, uh,
0: I, I read that, uh, it, it never did discourage me at all because I, I, I. The way I see people have different understanding and people have different intuition. you know it's all about how I made a connection.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: you know some people don't believe because maybe they never experience themselves. Maybe they come from different, uh, um, different point of view. Um, a lot of times the people uh, don't believe more often than not is because they never actually experience that themselves. Yeah. Or, or they refuse to believe because of something they are not familiar with. Um, so, I, you know, I see that as, a, okay, you know, like anything else. We are not looking for consensus. We're not looking for everybody agree, let's do that. No, I'm looking for something. I can make a connection. Something makes sense to me. Mm, I love so that. I can be on my healing journey full of help, hope, and belief. And and that's what I'm looking for. I love
1: that. That is beautiful because again, it's to remind people that you know we tend to go like I know that anytime we hear something or we want to do something, there's a little face that pops up into your mind, and it could be your friend's face, your doctor's face, your mom or your dad's, and it's their stories coming up, and you see them saying the words to you like, you can't, you know, what does nutrition have to do with disease? You know, for example, one of my clients on his oncology report, and I talk about this all the time because this has happened in hundreds of my clients' oncology reports, but the most recent one is, you know, stage four colon cancer. And his doctor says to him, because he started doing Gerson therapy the minute he found out. And then he his doc and he told his doctor, Hey, I'm doing a, this metabolic nutritional therapy. And he said, You don't need to do that because and he wrote this in his oncology report because there is no connection between diet and disease and so yes. i can imagine that face popping up in so mm-hmm. many people's minds mm-hmm. when they're yeah. like googling yeah. gerson for the first time yeah. they hear these yeah. people yeah yes yes
0: but see the thing is my uncle onco- my first i changed the oncology my first oncologist actually was very against it when the minute i tell her and she said and she basically tell me in my face so oh, you know i have two patients on gerson they all died the immediate the immediate my thinking in my head when she was saying that first of all, I don't know if they are truly on Gerson totally I don't know how they care out Gerson, and I don't know what stage their disease is exactly right and then if you say there's two people on Gerson they died, how many on chemo that died yeah exactly like 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 this is not a type of argument you should be arguing yeah. right. And it's it's very very discouraging. Um, yeah, but you know what? To me, you gather your own support. Yeah. You invite people who supporting in your life. Um, at the early stage, when I decide to go in person, it's more like I was. It's it's. I would say it's a little bit like doing meditation i kind of disconnect myself with everything that i consider could be discouraging to me could be mm-hmm. uh, bringing a different voice because sometimes when you're making a decision like that it's not you are vulnerable you know you kind of know where the path forward but all the noise around it could deter you to do something else and mm-hmm. i don't want that i kind of cut everything out i in my own little world I'm making sure my own voice very nice and clear guide me that what I need to do. And I'm only taking in the thing that's supporting me, that I cut the things not supporting me.
1: And you can write a serious, amazing book for people to take them through Gerson with all of these tips or anything that they want to do in life. Because ultimately, wouldn't that be the gift for all of us if we can listen to our own voice and, you know, say, okay, thanks for that voice there. Thanks. But I don't need it right now. I'm going to stay focused on this. And we know when we focus on something, we tend to get results as well. When we're all over the place and we're like, oh, CBD oil, let's try that. And then, oh, it's ketogenic diet. Let's try that. And people are listening to everybody else's voices. But how many times do we sit and actually sit with ourselves and say, what is right for me for this particular moment of my life, which is huge like you like so many invaluable tips for people who are embarking on any journey even if it was chemo even if you're deciding to do chemo you can't have the naysayers come in then and tell you that chemo is not going to work right you have to be like nope i'm choosing chemo and it's going to work for me because if you then don't do that then that's when i see people stop their chemo treatments a quarter of the way through and then they try and switch to something else and which brings me to the point about that oncologist saying oh i know two people who did gerson and they both died I know from my own experience, nobody willingly does Gerson for the first time round, unless they have those intuitive epiphanies like you've had, where it's like years of this scaffolding where, you know, like different theories and knowledge and understanding has laid itself over and you're able to make those intuitive connections between it. For a lot of people, for the first time in their life, they're like, what are nutrients? Like, why juicing? I don't get this. Like, Mm -hmm. why would we Mm -hmm. need to detoxify? Mm -hmm. I'm doing my PhD as well. And my (laughs) professor in my first course, you know what he said to me about detoxification? You know, he's an academic. He's been studying forestry for decades. And again, forest is nature. We are nature. It's very similar analogies, right? Yeah. And he was like, humans don't detoxify. And I was like, what do you, what did you just say? Like, what do you mean? Like, what part, like, what do you think a bowel movement is every single day? Like, 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 (laughs) just take that. What's a bowel movement or, you know, what is metabolic cellular detoxification? You know, like what are, what's the role of our liver then if we're not detoxifying, you know, organisms? So, you know, people do have different, Anyway, different areas. So this one doctor, I would definitely say for people who do hear that from someone that they say, I, you know, two of my patients did Gerson. Well, if you're an oncologist, that person is often not your patient anymore. And often they're coming to you because they've tried chemo once, twice, several times, and it didn't fail or it didn't work. The cancer came back and then they come and say, well, I'm going to try Gerson therapy. Unfortunately, that is the way it goes because very few people do it the first time is their first line of defense.
0: So, so that's that's to me the, the the information education is super important. If people yeah. have that information, at least when they at the time of diagnose, put them in pause. Let's see what my option at least, like uh, the other day I was interviewing Francine in Pair. She healed breast cancer using uh, Gerson Therapy. And I asked her, I said, what made you decide to go to holistic the minute you hear the uh, your diagnose? And her answer is i she had the education before she mm-hmm. dabbled into holistic healing and she know that's an option so that just a little bit knowledge from before allowed her to pause investigate further and to yeah. see what it is that she she you know, what her intuition tell her what she needs to do now to do. Amazing. You have that
1: little bit of knowledge. I think it helps. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that just makes me think about China. Like when you went to school as a child in China, was there ever any, you know, discussion around food in the schools, in the curriculum, around nutrition at all? Or was it, was there similar? I mean, you raised your kids in Canada. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you saw the curriculum that they went through. You know, was there an opportunity for that in the Chinese um, curriculum in the schools, or no? Well, I'm
0: not too familiar with the curriculum right now, mm-hmm. but I remember when I grew up, it's during the 10-year Cultural Revolution, we actually don't learn anything in school. Oh, true, <laughs> we, 19... we learn, we, <laughs> we learn <laughs> Chinese China books.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that, yes, China, yeah, yes. yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, talking about today's education, I know my kids' education, it definitely, there's a, the nutrition, um, very very liking so it put honors on the parents but again that's a part of my guilt because me like on knowledge now you know i did not you know i probably passed on a lot of good quality to them but nutrition definitely not well of them. right <laughs> yeah so now i'm pretty catching up i pretty catching up you know i'm hoping that uh Uh, with my healing, with my learning, they will be benefit from it. Um, So they start taking care of what they eat
1: and their stress level. Um, Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that you are 100% in the, you know, we need all of these seeds planted, seeds of knowledge planted that allows us to get to this place where we can choose something like an alternative or holistic, um, you know, therapy. And, you know, I just think about Bill, you remember, you reminded me that for when Bill was diagnosed with cancer at 72 years of age, and he said no to chemo and surgery and radiation, he was like, no, if I'm going to beat this, it has to be done with um, something else, something else that's more holistic. Mm -hmm. And then he, but he remembered, I think it was like five or 10 years earlier, he was at a conference because he used to travel the world and speak. And somebody at the conference had mentioned the Gerson therapy. So he had had that seed planted years before, yes. which mm-hmm. opened him up to the possibility yes. versus, you know, my mo- my friend's mom, she had never heard about that. And so for having cancer the second time and for me to come in when it's metastasized and say, oh, by the way, nutrition can reverse cancer. You know, for her, it was like, I don't think so. Like, you (laughs) know, I've tried the, the best Western medicine drugs. It didn't work. So who are you to say that nutrition, like, you know, so we do need those seeds planted, which reminds me that we do need people talking about this because we have 200 years of scientific data showing that nutrition heals the body we need to start teaching that in schools. It is super critical that kids know this. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we need those seeds planted. Okay, so here, like, let's jump back in. Let's uh-huh. So here you are, you've just been diagnosed, two weeks of intense research you're doing, and then you switch oncologists, which I think is a very important point. People need to know that they can switch their oncologists. So at what point did you decide to switch? Was that your choice or... Yeah, it's my
0: choice. it's my choice. I I know I need to switch. I don't know who to look to. So the minute I decide to go on girls therapy, so I start to interact with people in the holistic healing world. Mm. So I get to know one uh, uh, naturopath doctor, and she, he referred me to someone else. I said, you know, and then so so I I start seeing oncologists. and just I just I need to support surround myself with people supporting. Me. Yeah, Rather can than you?
1: S- how was your relationship with the natural path doctor in this whole healing process? It was good too. It was and, good. Yeah. Are you able yeah. to suggest, yes. like, mention their name? Yes.
0: Yes. Uh. Yeah.
1: Doctor lemo uh, Doctor lemo Oh yeah. Doctor Limon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're okay, great. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. we always refer to Dr. Alex Chan as well. She's I don't yeah. know if you've heard about her. She's really good as well. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And so
0: I reached out to a holistic eating community and I start to connect with the different people and and it was was you know, I get a lot of
1: help and so I surround myself with people supporting me. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. That's that's another really good tr- trick. It's yeah. what Bill did as well. Bill did not actually tell yeah. many people he had cancer. Yeah. He did not yeah. tell him what treatment he was right. doing yeah. because he was like, I don't need other people's negative beliefs so he did that and then the second thing he did was he only surrounded himself by the people that were going to support this decision that he had made Mm -hmm. and I mean how amazing is that to support your friend to support your partner to do that like it's their decision in the end it's their experience yeah so okay so you surround yourself so who was the oncologist that you ended up working with
0: Dr. Clemo oh Dr. Clemo
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Dr. Climo. Yeah. Okay. So we recommend everybody to Dr. Climo as well. Awesome.
0: Awesome guy. Yeah. And he's a Western
1: medical trained, classical trained oncologist who fully believes in the power of stress management and diet and everything. So when you started working with him and told him that you were going to do this, what happened?
0: Um, he is very understanding, and he never say, uh, he he, says he stay neutral. He said, just keep on doing what you do. You look healthy. Every time I go to his office, he said, you are the healthiest person in my office today. <laughs> and uh, he's very compassionate, because yeah. when I do holistic healing, I need to have a lab test done. Yes, I need to have and then with my my other uncolored, I'm not able to do that. I pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars and do that myself. I'm thinking I'm not spending a penny in the in the in the traditional in conventional. And all I need is some blood tests from time to time and I was
1: able to get that support. I'm very, very grateful, yes. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, and so my, uh, I have a dear girlfriend and she is the office manager for Dr. Climo. and so she sees, yeah, so she always texts me and she's like, there's two more patients who are doing their Gerson therapy, and you know, and she gets to see everything, which yeah. is so incredible. So she yeah. sees these people come in and and she describes it the same way, that the patients who are using nutrition even if they're doing it alongside their conventional treatment like chemo, radiation, and surgery, they just look better. They have they blood circulation. And you know, another thing I want to mention was
0: <clears throat> funny. Why locked myself in my in my own little world doing healing? And I just knew people very free to come. They kind of know what I'm going through. Yeah. And then people probably thinking I was stay in my room, I feel sorry for myself, or probably cry every day. But I was so full of joy wow. because I feel good because yeah. the you know when you eat well when you nurse your body, but I know I'm dealing with a serious disease, but I can't help it my mind is full of joy,
1: yeah
0: when you're physical feeling good, you're emotionally happy you know yeah. like it's not it's not happy happy exciting, but it's a peaceful happy you know yeah. you feel you appreciate life you know you you you, you i not, I felt like I had more energy than before than diagnosed, but I, I can't work because I want to preserve the energy for heating. I need to yeah. rest, right? Um,
1: but yeah, it, it actually makes you physically feel so good. So good. I've had so many clients tell me that when they switch to the Gerson therapy and they, they're they just, that's exactly how they describe it. There's just like this piece that comes across them. Yes. They can handle actually like the same stressors a year ago that would have like Deflated them, all of a sudden they're like, let it roll off their back. Like their minds can think clearly. Like that's one of the things is that you're neutrifying your mind as well. So you're able to make clear wise decisions and you're actually activating serotonin and dopamine. And so you are, you literally are feeling good when you do this. But I do have to ask you about that because. I mean, I don't know you, I've, I've I only heard about you recently, and this is the first time we've spoken face to face, or I guess kind of face to face through the internet, screen to screen, but I would say you are naturally a joyful, happy person.
0: Would
1: you yes, say? I am. Yeah. So, where does that come into doing the person therapy as well? Uh, no, I, I. Let me rephrase
0: that. I'm a naturally joyful person, but I'm very intense. I sometimes, when I under stress, as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm very short fused. Right. You know, like uh, I have this uh, urge of anger or urge of frustration, you know, but but when that pass, I'm happy. But the, often the burst of that, you know, right. I felt like just every day, uh, every day living kind of wearing on me, you know, things yeah. are now going my way. I get frustrated, get angry, get uh, short fused. But once I'm on Gerson, that dissipate, that disappear. Yeah. That's it just like, how to ever happen again. You know, I have like, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And you're. Yeah. Uh, I. I was gonna. I probably just cut you off there. I apologize, but I imagine you're about to say that your kids even noticed a difference.
0: Exactly what I say. <laughs> exactly what I'm what I was gonna
1: say yeah 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 my kids too oh my gosh and I you described me perfectly that I mean I know most of my staff and friends would be like oh my god Nikki's happy joyful but I can like I always blame it on being a Taurus you know that there's a raging bull inside of me but that raging bull does not show its head when I'm on Gerson it's amazing and it's I think it's because every cell is so neutrified and I'm not dealing with these toxins that are like burdening my system. And so, and you do, you just feel good. But I know that personality style going in as well. Um It's really important. You have to be positive, you know, and it's not just have false hope, but what's the point in not having any hope and then trying to do something. So exactly. you need to, right. You need to go in with positivity, with um, courage, with almost like a Viking warrior sense of certainty that this is going to work. And oh, if yeah. you don't have that, then I mean, but the same applies if you're going to do chemo, surgery, or radiation, like you should be going into it with that conviction because what else do you have? Right. And you have everything to lose and nothing to gain if you don't go in with that. So I think it's really important that people understand that. So, okay. So, so people understand now. Did you do, and I know the answer to this, but did you do chemo surgery and radiation? Because you had an aggressive triple negative breast cancer, yeah, and I, the oncologist yeah. probably gave you the protocol. What was the protocol yes, that they gave yes. you? Yeah.
0: Um, so when I first got diagnosed, immediate surgery. surgery. At that point, I'm just, oh, okay, surgery. Okay. So I did the surgery. And after surgery, immediate after surgery, chemo. So that's when I started push the pause button. I said, okay, the, now, now what I try to figure out, that's, yeah, I did surgery, I did not do chemo radiation, no. Okay, and the surgery, was it a lumpectomy or a mastectomy? Well, um, see, that's another thing, so it, see, here's the thing, lack of knowledge and fear, made, uh, you know, I think I made decision I had a mastectomy, yeah. but that decision was driven by lack of knowledge and fear. Yeah. But, you know, it's one thing I did not, I still this day, I did not understand at the time, but now I do. Is that I asked the doctor, I said, what should I do? Lumpsectomy, uh, lumpsectomy mastectomy, mastectomy. And, and then they said, uh, well, um, um, you know, basically it, it, it's the same or different, but the explain- ex- explanation to me makes no sense to me. So I just made a decision of, well, you know, just take the whole thing out.
1: Of course, though. Like, right? Of course, yeah. When somebody's now, not really giving you good, you're just like, okay, let's just get it out of me, right? Now, I know. Well. now
0: looking back, I know I would have decided differently, and I know why I should decide differently. Yeah. But back then, whatever decision I made, I don't even know or, or why,
1: why I decided a certain way. The only reason I said, like, okay, oh, just take the whole thing <laughs> Of course. And I've seen that happen. I actually, I have another client and she did the same thing. She's a pilot. And, um, you know, she worked with this incredible doctor who a hundred percent, you know, believed in Gerson and knew the science behind Gerson. So there's one thing to believe in it, but to also know the science behind it, um, which guides that belief, um, and, and builds on that. But, you know, so she was fully supported, but, you know, she said the same thing too. She had two young kids and she was like, you know what? I don't really need my breasts, right? Like we can take them off and have, um, and then have it be gone, which in some cases, even it's important for people to understand, even with the Gerson therapy, a Gerson doctor will say, we need to, the analogy I use is lengthen the runway so the plane can take off.
0: Mm-hmm. If, it's,
1: yeah. if it's a short runway, then, you know, and that person, that cancer is going to actually take over the body before the body has the ability to use the nutrients from the juices. To start the food. to active the heating mechanism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to activate the self-healing mechanism in the body. So some people might need a longer runway. And that is why some surgery, some chemo and some radiation might be used. But, you know, the thing is, is that if you're not applying the nutrition and detoxification regardless of what treatment you're doing, what protocol you're doing, you are not gonna see as much success. Yeah. Would you agree?
0: So, Yes, absolutely. So a lot of times some people make a mistake by they thought they had a surgery, oh, I take the lump out, I'm all good, home free. Totally. But no, 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 that'll be the big mistake. The lump is a symptom of a disease. Yeah. The disease really exists in your whole body. How do I know? Um, after the surgery, after I embarked on Gerson therapy, I, I, I'm thinking, I want to have a reference. I want to have a reference check, you know, the starting line. So I did a, a circulation tumor cell test, right? Okay, so I did that test. oh my god, the circulation tumors are very high. I was just really scared. Once I see the results, I'm really scared. And then so and then I tell myself, okay, that's the why I need to heal. I know there's so yes. high circulating tumor cell in my body. I'm not well, even though with mastectomy,
1: I'm a sick person. <laughs> so this You did the circulating tumor cells um, test after you had the mastectomy? Yes. So Okay, so two things about this I want to really get across to people. Number one, I think the biggest criminal, it, it, it is a crime for oncologists and surgeons to say this to patients. They will often do the surgery The chemo, the radiation, and then they make this bold statement. And this is what I think is criminal. They say, We got it all. But that you can't, there is no test to show that you can actually see if you got every single mutated cancer cell in your body, right? So that's one thing that is criminal for anyone to tell that because it's like giving people the go card to go back to your life as usual, go back to the lifestyle that created this disease in the first place, and you're home free because we and these doctors are playing god when they tell these people we got it all um that's a that's my my surgeon
0: told me oh we take care of that for you Uh, and then he said she said i take care of that for you and then my uh, oncologist said oh no we need to do chemo i knew by that by that i knew i I, and and so i did a security to myself now i know now I as evidence i need to heal yeah oh yes
1: Yes. Yeah, that's really important for people to understand that. In fact, um, I think I just talked about this on another podcast, or I don't know, but one of our staff just had to go in to the doctors for something. And this is in 2020. And the doctor told them afterwards, they said, okay, so we want you to go and add a lot of salt to your diet, and you because we need to increase your blood pressure, which was not even low. And they said, and start eating Chinese food. But like, she's talking about traditional Western Chinese food, like not the healthy kind of Chinese food that we ate a hundred years ago in China, right? Like this was, so this is in this day and age. I had a client who also had mass surgery, had literally almost every organ taken out of her body because, um, the particular type of cancer that she had. And, um, and then afterwards they said, well, you know, you're really underweight. You need to start eating a lot of red meat. And this was in 2018, okay? I can tell you another client wrote to me and said her physician said she starts, she needed, so prescribed Lay's potato chips. So not even potato chips, but the brand of potato chips that she needed to eat, okay, that's another client. Um, Like, it's just, it's atrocious what doctors say after you've gone through the treatment and they declare. It's very unfortunate. I um, I know a
0: very nice lady, very same thing. Uh, we were going through the same cancer journey, and I tried to tell her um, that's what I do. You might want to consider. And she said, well, because I'm underweight, I'm my doctor, I need to eat meat. And, uh, you know, like, uh, and
1: it, it, it's very heartbreaking. With yeah, that there's, kind of advice. because there is no evidence at all. There's no scientific evidence to show that for someone who is underweight, giving them red meat gets them healthy there's no evidence to show that it might make them obese if they eat lots of that with refined foods and everything else, but there's nothing to show that it makes them healthy and is going to keep them cancer free. And in fact, what we see is that it speeds up the growth of cancer. We know that scientifically, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, and we know it more than ever. Harvard just released a study showing the um, TMAO reaction when you eat meat of any kind. So we're talking about salmon, chicken, fish, and that it, it starts to stimulate the blockage of your arteries through, I mean, it is is a chemical process it's happening but it's triggered by the consumption of the red meat and so these studies show that and for somebody who has cancer they do not need a restriction in blood flow in their body they need nutrients to be able to flow through their blood and get delivered they need to create an incredible um, aerobic environment throughout the body and they cannot limit oxygen and blood flow and nutrient flow through the body. So giving somebody meat is opposite of what all the science shows us. And so, but it's still being prescribed. Um, there's a second thing about, um, well, you talked about getting a second opinion, which is amazing, and that you can request that. Find out who is the leading doctor to work with in around the treatment that you want. So somebody who's going to support you and stand in your corner, which is really important. I love that piece of advice um, or what you did. Um, then there's a part about not accepting your you know, surgeon or your oncologist report that we got it all. But the third thing that you pointed out is that your oncologist and surgeon both said different things. And so people need to listen. They need to open up their ears to that Mm -hmm. and say, why would, you know, these specialists in oncology have differing opinions? And so what was that like then when you went to Dr. Clemo, because you said, and you opted out of doing chemo and you said, I'm not going to do chemo, even though this other specialist had recommended it.
0: Mm -hmm. He is a fully on board. He was. He's was supporting, he's a fully on board. Yeah, and, uh, and so another thing I want to point out is, a lot of times the doctor have their standard of care. What does that, that mean is that they will use the same thing apply to all patients. Yeah. So if anything goes wrong, it's now their responsibility, they use a standard of care. But if you, they use something different, then they might personally take responsibility. But you understand we're all different. Yeah. So when they apply standard of care, I give you, for example, uh, in six months, I did um, MRI. They found another lump on the on the other side. <clears throat> so, so this is six time, months after, after your surgery. I start, uh, after my on my left side surgery, six months later, I as a follow up, they discovered another lump on my right hand side. Oh, wow. So at that point, I just I just wanted okay. I just wanted uh, to bring that in. At that point, see here is the faith comes in. And I could become a panic, but I didn't. I felt like I used the best protocol I can. Whatever happens, it's not going to change my course of action. Mm-hmm. I just need to write through it. So anyways, as so I go in, and then, um, so there was a discussion what to do, a or Well, the same question coming back now this time i know what i need to do i said I just go in and I said they need to do biopsy i tell them i don't need a biopsy just go in, take the lump out because there will be one procedure in, in one in two i don't need two steps biopsy and and uh, so i said just go in take it out i and then so okay listen to this in order for me to do that i have to promise them i'm going to do radiation afterwards if I don't promise,
1: they will not do it. So what did you do? I promise I will do radiation. Okay. So hold on. So just so people know the timeline here. So you, get di- you retire, you get diagnosed, you get the mastectomy. Do you start Gerson at this point? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. One month after surgery. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing Gerson and then five months later, you discover another lump on the other side. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what, so you get the, so do you agree to the radiation, but do you do the radiation? No. Okay, so they pull it. So instead of doing the biopsy. So I I,
0: I know. Okay. So here's what I want people to understand it. It's because they have standard care, they have their procedure. It's not yeah. about the doctor, right? They have this their standard. Now at that point I already understand. They this they because I need to promise them in order to for them to do the lymphasectomy. I said, okay, I will I will consider to do it. Yeah. So and and then so I had that done and then afterwards. I had a discussion with the surgeon. I said, this, this, this. I said, you know, I said, I'm not going to do it. You know what she said? I understand. Okay. done.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. The, so so the, 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 did they biopsy that lump that they took out then? Did they like actually check? And then what did that lump say? The lump say it's a cancer, but
0: different type of cancer. Oh, so it's it, a second. It, it's a second. It's a different type from the other one. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I the reason I mentioned that is, be in charge of your own healing journey. Yeah. Education is most important. Once you you understand, you will be brave to stand up and make a decision for yourself. Yeah. A lot of times, the doctor's suggestion is coming from their standard of care. Totally. They are legally obligated now to actually tell you what they would do if they were you. Mm-hmm. They can't tell you. They can't say that right so you have to equip yourself to make that decision for yourself exactly um and and then and then so don't take it personally when they tell you you have to do this so they probably just go through the standard procedure but we are the one has to think for ourselves we are the one on the driver's seat
1: exactly yeah and i've seen that happen so many times with clients as well when they come to me and they're like oh i went into the doctor and then they found a lump in the, like a a mole, for example, in the doctor's office. And then before they knew it, they're being sedated with a local anesthetic. And then it's being cut out. Like, that's it. It's just like, okay. So they're like, what? And then all of a sudden they get a call from the doctors and they're like, yep, you have to come in. And then they're like, show up at the hospital. And then, so they show up at the hospital thinking they're going to have a consult and they're being admitted for surgery. And so then they're like, what is, what is happening? And literally it's happening so fast. And I, yes, there's probably fear built into that. So they're not answer, asking all the questions that they need to be asking or putting a stop on it or being like, wait, let's, can we talk about this first? But I know it firsthand how hard that is to do, because when I was looking for a pediatrician for our kids, when my first daughter was born, I mean, I went in with a stack of research and I said, hey, let's just talk about vaccinations. And can we have an open discussion about this? And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I haven't made an opinion yet. I just actually want someone that I can have a conversation with. And I was kicked out of, I think, 16 different doctor's offices. They were like, if you're not going to vaccinate, I can't see you as a patient. And I was like, yes, really? Like, Mm -hmm. can we not just talk about this? And um, then finally, I found the 17th doctor who said, let's talk about this. And we had this great discussion and that set me up for something that I was so comfortable moving forward in my life with my children. But the decision was, you know, it was thought out. It was supported because I like having a medical team that can support, but it was also supported in a very, I think a very important way, a very open way. And that's really important. But at the end of the day, I was able to make my own decision. That was very clear for me. So the same thing applies, but you have to, get off the train, because it is a train, It's a, and then that train's moving fast the moment somebody detects that you have cancer. Yeah. Right, so you have to pull the brakes and just say, "Whoa!" And you have time; you do have a little bit of time to play Mm -hmm. with, even when it's an aggressive cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go down the path of being like, "Okay, just blast me with everything," that also has proven not to work for a lot of people. Be good. That would be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so then, so I imagine that you know your medical team is saying, "Okay, well, you're doing this." juicing and vegetables and fruit consumption, detoxification, it's obviously not working because you had a secondary mass show up in, or a second mass, a different mass show up. So what, how, what was your, I know that you said faith came in, but what was the, what was the thinking and, that supported that faith? Okay,
0: w- w- what my thinking is, you know, heating take time, and uh, we all uh, we know this heating reaction. A lot of times, the heating during <clears throat> the heating reaction, uh, the toxin could be retreat to certain location and causes the tumor start to grow, to start to expand, or it, or there's a different way of a heating reaction. And uh, to me, it just uh, just means my this side of cancer is not accident. Because my body a lot of toxins. You know, if it's not this side, it's this side. I really do need to heal. And it's only six months, five, six months in, it's not enough time for the person to kick in yeah. to really have a 4 full four, force. So I need to give it a long enough time to to have it
1: work its way. Um, to heal yeah. the body. Yeah. It takes time to heal, you know? Yeah. It does, which is why a Gerson therapy for someone who has cancer, it is 18 months to two years long, right? That you have to reset all the conditions in your body to and be able to activate all the self-healing mechanisms that have been shut down as a result of our lifestyle. And it takes time to rebuild that. It takes 18 months to reverse the potassium sodium imbalance caused by our standard American diet. It takes time for our body's thyroid to rebuild after it's been damaged. Essentially, when people are diseased, they have tissue damage syndrome. So you have to like repair all the tissues in your body, including your bones and your organs and your literally every part of your body is undergoing a transformation. It takes time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here you are and you are staying strong to the therapy. You believe that this is all part of the process. Um, The part that I find interesting as well and not surprising though, is that, you know, it takes time for cancer to grow in the body. So, A lot of people might be thinking like, oh my gosh, like the cancer spread. We already know it didn't spread because this is a different type of cancer.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
1: that original mutated cell, wherever it was in the body and maybe it decided to settle in the breast or maybe it was there originally, that, you know, it was there for a long time. It wasn't just there for five months.
0: When, when I go back for the second, uh, second MRI and the CT scan I a mammogram, I asked them to do this side too. They first discovered this side. I said, can you do the both sides just making sure they won't do it. They only did this side. So, so I have to go back and check, only check one side. They don't want to check the other side. Why? So... It's just their standard procedure. It says very first mammogram, they only discuss only one side is suspicious, the only one side. I said, Well, if you do one side, why did not you do the other side? No, we won't do that.
1: Right. So, because
0: so yeah. it could be what there before, we just didn't know because very yeah. small, so we didn't
1: know. So exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, people need to know that it does take about five to 20 years for a mutated cancerous cell to become a foci and a foci is a collection of cells but again it's very tiny like the foci can be the same size as a, like the head of a pin so you might have a bunch of you know cells but that then that foci will grow and grow and grow and, and, and grow exponentially and become a tumor but it can take five to 20 years to discover it in the body mm-hmm. because and in this yeah. is even you know certain fast aggressive growing cancer there's divide more quickly for sure, but it still takes time. So you have, so you're staying strong to the therapy. So you dive into the therapy. You have this lumpectomy, pull it out. You dive deep into the therapy and you stay strong. And then when do you notice? When do you do the circulating tumor um, cell test? Oh, uh, I actually did it just before this
0: diagnosis. I did this before I discovered this. Oh no, ha, ha, let, let me see. Oh, the very first one before that, just at the beginning, I started doing Gerson around um, April, beginning of April. Mm -hmm. um, I did that. And then three months later, I did the second one. The second one coming back, um, cut down, uh, cut 75% is gone, you know, really low. So I was super happy about that. And then, so I said, okay, let's do an MRI. So I discovered this one.
1: So, so even with, so hold on. So even with the fact that you still had the tumor there, your circulating cancer cells had dropped by 75%. Yes. yes. That is huge. Okay. Yes. So then you discovered yes. the tumor and the I second tumor. <coughs> yeah. And, have and then so
0: on. Yeah. I had that removed. And then shortly after that, I did another circulating. But basically my circulating tumor cell from first one to last one, it's so about six, seven months during the period. And back to normal.
1: Yeah. 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 And I've seen the same results with my clients too that have had breast cancer and other types of cancer. Is that, you know, even the ones who've gone through treatment, like conventional treatment, that Mm -hmm. post treatment, their doctor said, we got it all. But then they get the um, circulating cancer cell test. And then all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's elevated. And they're like, oh, we got to check you every six months. And then Mm -hmm. they'll come and do our retreat or come and, you know, do a consult with me. They do the therapy. And within 17 days, Mm -hmm. their numbers are dropping. Yeah. Substantially. It's very, it's
0: it's, it's really, truly,
1: Gerson therapy really, truly is very effective. Yeah. So why wouldn't the world want to adopt this and so that that way they can be decreasing their circulating cancer cells even if they haven't discovered that they have cancer yet because Mm -hmm. we know they're going to discover it because one in two canadians now get diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. right it's a it's an epidemic it's it is um really it's very disturbing that you know we're talking about the coronavirus at the rate that we are across the media and everybody is scared and wearing masks and you know i mean it's all over the news but we're not talking about the fact that one in two people get diagnosed with cancer like that.
0: But you know what? Well, since you mentioned coronavirus, if people take care of the diet, if they are on Gerson therapy, yep. they will not be never afraid of virus. Exactly. You know, virus, what virus attack, attack people who have a weak immune system.
1: Exactly. Right? If your immune is strong, it's no fear. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, and we see that as well because our clients will do Gerson and, you know, one of the things they say is, oh, we always get hit by a big flu every year and like diarrhea and vomiting and, and so on. And then all of a sudden, once they're doing Gerson and their whole family is going to do Gerson. Nobody's going to cook two separate meals because your whole family can eat that way. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden they're like, oh, our family didn't get sick at all this year. This isn't like, how did that happen? And it's because it's all connected. When your immune system is optimal, then it means bacteria and viruses and other things. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I cannot agree
0: with more, I Cannot agree more. And then another thing I noticed not only I never get sick, my son am mom Gerson also i have so much energy yeah i can run better i don't i i didn't even do very much physical training i can run so much better than before yeah i'm I'm thinking where the
1: muscle come from i didn't work on my muscle but hey i can do so much more (laughs) well you just become super efficient because you do literally have extra metabolic (laughs) atp energy to use to transport you and it's why you know for Again, people who are listening, you know, when we talk about the Gerson therapy, I mean, go back to the episode that we just did with Margaret Strauss, because that's Dr. Max Gerson's granddaughter, who, um, you know, she explains the Gerson therapy in detail. But the Gerson therapy is plant based. Whole food, unrefined, low in sodium, high in potassium. I mean, it's literally all the things that are the building blocks of your body and your life. So you are going to create this exponential energy. And so I know that there's been plant based um, eaters that went to plant based whole food. And, you know, we did a podcast with, and I think you'd love it, Jen, if you haven't heard it already, but it's with Dr. Gemin Newman. Mm-hmm. And she's the plant-based UK doctor who okay. didn't believe in food as medicine because she was never taught it in med school until her husband switched to a plant-based whole food diet. Ran a ran another marathon. He had already run many. Ran his next marathon, and he knocked an hour off his time, an hour and ten minutes. Wow. Right. So it just make it does give you this extra energy, and it does literally make you go further faster. Like yes, it's yes, pretty absolutely, absolutely. Yes, yes. So then were you working with a Gerson doctor at this time? Yes. Which, yes. okay, so you worked with the Gerson doctor mm-hmm. and then you were following the protocol that they des- he or she designed for you? Yeah. Okay, and you, did you ever cheat? Oh, no, no. You were like, this is what I do On 100%. the
0: protocol, 100%. On the protocol, I give 100%. You know, I always tell myself, why am I doing this? Who am I cheating? No, never. My right. will to live so strong, I will move mountains if I have to. So, uh, yeah, I am on growth therapy every single day, 13 cup of juices, five enemas, uh, and tons of uh, supplements. And, and on top of that, I do other things. So, yeah, no. Amazing. It's, it's uh, I, feel, uh, I feel fortunate, I feel grateful to be on the therapy to make Bad. me feel good, uh,
1: allow me to heal. No and so can I ask what those other protocols that you were doing because I know you talked about mindfulness and you've yeah you know talked about movement you've talked about so what were the things that you did? well, other things I did, for example, ozone, I
0: do ozone, okay, yeah, and um I, I castor oil castor oil is a uh, was original part of the course, and I do yeah. ozone, I did some acupuncture, I did uh, mind the body, you know meditation you know uh. Heal from the past, uh, forget, uh, forgive, forgive, myself. forgiveness, oh, forgiveness yeah. is important, and uh, it's more of a to allow myself to relax, to mm. to look at things differently. You know, I believe uh, in order to uh, not repeat, uh, go back to you know, you have to change. Almost, you have to change yourself as a person you the way you look at things the way you think about things mm-hmm. so that you can be truly on new path
1: yeah
0: you know it, it, you know i i now I, i'm totally convinced the mind and body is very very intimately related so why on gerson heal the body i start to heal my mind you know like you start to feel peaceful at the same time you feel very emotional that's mm-hmm. the process that's the that's, I believe that's a process, you start to heal the old wounds. You know, like, a, like your body have a healing reaction. I have an anchor source, my, my mouth, my back, and the different, you know, uh, reactions. The same as emotion, right? Emotion start to bubble up, and, and then you start to go back and heal those. And then mind and body you know you, you heal your body allow opportunity to heal your mind and then coming back allow now you heal your body better you know like uh, just
1: uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah i remember one of my healing reactions <clears throat> that and for people to understand this this is gerson therapy when you're doing it it's to you start and it subdues all the chronic inflammation in the body it helps to take care of that but then you build up energy in your tissues and in, you know your body. And then what happens is it triggers an acute inflammatory response. Yes. And that acute inflammatory response, it's to go in and heal anything in the body that was physically damaged before. And I would even say emotionally, spiritually, um, yes. mentally, right? Whole thing. <laughs> exactly. And so this flares up for about the same amount of time as if you experienced an injury, like got hit in the shoulder by a bat or you yeah. know a ball or something. Let's yeah. say. Yeah. So it goes in. And it usually lasts twenty-four to forty-two hours or seventy-two hours for the first healing reactions. Later on in the therapy, they do become longer, and those ones tend to be a lot more emotional. But one of my healing reactions was really fascinating because it started off very physical. It's I had been hit in the head um, by a car door on a very steep hill that slammed into the back of my head when I was um, 19 and I was hospitalized for it. And I'd forgotten all about it. And so it's important to know all the previous injuries you have sustained because any area where there's scar tissue buildup will become inflamed because the body goes in, I don't need that scar tissue anymore. Right? <sighs> I'm going to get rid of it. So I must have had something in my brain in that particular spot because this healing reaction brought back the memory so severely that for about a day and a half, two days, I was like curled up on the couch, you know, tight ball and in pain, you know, but I knew it was a healing reaction. So I did everything I needed to do to support myself. But in that time I called my mom and my mom came, she had to travel six hours to get to me, but she was like, I'm going to go help my baby. She's going through a healing reaction. And then after I, when she arrived, I fully healed. I was snapped out of it because that's how the healing reactions turn on and off. Yeah. But then I had an incredible emotional Mm. healing reaction with my mom. One that changed our relationship forever because it actually healed it. Yes. 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 And it was like, I had this clarity after this part of my brain was healed and I was able to say things to my mom, but I mean, I was balling like a yeah. baby and I was like yes. who is this person I've never really like yes. maybe since I was a two-year-old I don't think I'd ever had this kind of emotional response exactly yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so that was one yeah. of mine and it really yeah. it healed our relationship yeah. so thoroughly so some of can you describe some of your healing reactions um for so people understand what you went through uh, one, of the, one of the one the severe ones, I started experiencing the
0: back pain back pain. And the first, when I first started, I started, okay, it's one side, two side, I start pay attention, and usually will go away a few days or a week. This is the last for two or three weeks, and become worse and worse, and to the point when I lie down, I cannot get up. I just wow. literally cannot. You imagine how difficult it is to do anima. I lie down, I cannot get up. Yeah. That is so and hard. It's very hard. And then to the point I hardly can move. So I have to, I said, okay, now I need to really need to get it, checked it out. So I did an MRI. Uh, but before that, it was a, for three, four weeks, I literally very difficult to move. And then to the point, I will wake up in the middle of the night and I'm from pain. So I did an MRI. So kind of <clears> what's <throat> going to happen, right? So when the doctor says, she said, you can see those inflammation all the inflammation around the back you can see that like like, almost like inflamed the liquid around my spine wow yeah yeah and then it's a funny thing is once i know it's the inflammations, you know i think probably you
1: you're, you start to relax in a couple of days it disappeared oh. <laughs> So I'm so curious to know, like, you know, when you were a child or at any point in your life, or maybe it was just literally tension that was held there for so many years that like, was it scar tissue that built up in the spine to like support you or overstressed muscles? Like, I'm so curious, or was it toxicity that was trapped in that area? Who knows, right? Who knows?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. So that was
0: pretty severe. And then another healing reaction, It's just very emotional. Very emotional, yeah if I hear, if, when i say i I literally almost cry every day, but it's not a cry out of sadness, yeah, it just is, it, I don't even know what it is, just listen to a music, make me cry, make make me tear up, and I think just uh um, yeah, super you know I'm thinking maybe because of all the tears I did not cry for the last fifty years, <laughs> yeah. No,
1: I hear you. Yeah.
0: So after you do that, you just cried it out. I'll make you feel so good.
1: (laughs) It does and there's so much healing that comes with letting those tears pour. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine if my dad did Gerson, he'd be crying for like 20 years (laughs) straight. No, honestly, like, you know, he's such a lovely man, but not like emotions are pretty even keeled. Like he handles death and you know life and birth all in the same like range and so i'd just be really curious like what would happen to him but it is a very emotional experience and i've had hundreds and hundreds of clients say the same thing they've gone through the same thing yeah yeah so that is incredible so I mean, I have so many questions for you. Um, We've been chatting for an hour and a half and, you know, we could definitely, we are going to need to do another show together. Um, What are the biggest things that you would want to share with the audience of listeners who are, you know, maybe just being diagnosed? It could be for cancer or any other chronic diseases. Like what are some words of wisdom besides everything you've imparted already, but what are some like really key takeaways you have for them? The key takeaway is cancer is
0: not a death sentence. It can be healed, but it takes time and effort and motivation. It's not easy, but can be done. And we need to have a big enough reason to do it, strong will to live, and then we can do it. And number two, answer prevention was a pound of cure Mm -hmm. so that's why a lot of times i i try to figure out how can i reach out to people to make people realize let's start doing today as prevention we just need to do a little bit and then we can prevent so much heartache so much like hardship and but even if someone gets diagnosed, regardless of cancer or chronic illnesses or whatever that is, it can be healed. But drugs are not the answer. You gotta to go to the food, You gotta to go to the mind, the body, holistic healing. Holistic healing is the answer.
1: Yeah, those are really amazing takeaways. And these takeaways apply to You know it doesn't matter what the treatment that you're going to do you have to go to the food that has to be part of it it is not separate it is part of it and so you need to understand as much as you can about the reasons why you need you know plant-based whole foods eaten in diversity in abundance organic juiced and cooked and raw all of the combinations and that you get that into your body and that's really really critical yeah, so, so I, I
0: love I love what you just say. regardless what 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 treatment you're going, food
1: should be always a part of your protocol. Yeah, yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So how can people work with you? Because you are now a registered health coach, correct? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So how can I, people
0: get in touch with you? I'm a, I'm passionate to uh, to help people who are who want to heal, to who want to heal, who want to heal and prevent from chronic illnesses. Yeah, I have an email, my email code, healthtalk180 at gmail.com. I love this name. Why? Because health talks. People usually see money talks, right? Yeah. When I say health talks, with health, everything's possible. Without health, everything's nothing, right? right. Um, and 180, we need to go back to the basic. We need to start eating plant-based, the whole food. Yeah. Do not go for the convenience, the taste part, the, the sugary, the salty food. You know, taste part can change. You might like it today, but once you start changing your diet, your taste part will change. You will so much enjoy the plant-based, the whole food. They are actually flavorful. They are very delicious.
1: <laughs> I agree. People <laughs> sometimes see me just eating a tomato by itself or a oh, carrot delicious. by itself. Yeah. And I'm like, no, seriously, this is like, it has 18 different flavors. Like it's, you know, like I'm a connoisseur of vegetables the way other people are a connoisseur <laughs> of wine, you know, where I'm like, oh my God, this carrot is so spicy. And this tomato is so, you know, it almost has this hint of, you know, vanilla in it. Like you really, your taste buds will regrow and you'll have such a profound. um. Uh, desire your body desire. will crave yes. these yes. foods once you can yes. taste them again but you have yes. to get away from the refined packaged processed yes. foods to rebuild yeah
0: and, and then the best way to enjoy really enjoy the good taste of food try organics yes just a little bit more expensive but i tell you worth the money it yes. definitely worth the money if anywhere cut corner do not cut corner on your health Do not cut corner on your food if you think the food is expensive you know where you cut eating out you cut eating out you use the money to buy organic food you actually saving money and organic food tastes so good i guarantee you're going to enjoy it if not come to my home we have a nice (laughs) big garden in the summer My home grew uh, uh, vegetables, so delicious, seriously.
1: (laughs) And because it's grown with so much love from you as well, too, because you have that knowledge and... Yes. That is amazing. The other thing about organic food that people need to know too is Dr. Zach Bush. who's a, a triple board certified doctor who started off in chemo research, then went into um, internal medicine and functional medicine. And now he basically teaches you know plant-based yeah. whole food as medicine, yeah. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But when he started off doing it, he didn't specify whether the food had to be organic. And he found a third of his patients would stay the same third of them would get worse and a third of them would get better. So when he looked into why uh, that was, he recognized it was because of the organic food. It was because the glyphosate, the insecticide that was being sprayed on the non-organic food and also contained within the seed of that food and the genetically modified food, was actually destroying the microbiome of his patients. And so they could never trigger the healing response and the rebuilding of the body because the body was constantly trying to, like breaking down and then trying to detoxify Mm, from that. Once he switched them all to organic, all of a sudden he saw his patients all heal. So there's, it's, you know, the taste, yes, hundred percent. Oh my God, I cannot stand the taste of a non-organic tomato. Like it won't, I will not let it touch my lips, but I mean, organic food is amazing, but also amazing on a uh chemistry biological level as well so that's really important yes yes amazing jan we are going to get together for another interview and i think we also need to get together and do a workshop for the chinese community in british columbia in vancouver because i think a lot of these health coaches that are out there forget that we live in canada which is very multicultural that we have you know community members that have been here for generations that actually still only speak Cantonese or Mandarin, because there's such a robust, amazing, thriving community. And the same applies to the Portuguese community and Italian community and Japanese community. But I think it would be really fun to maybe teach what I was teaching in China to an audience in British Columbia that, you know, and we can, do you still speak Cantonese and Mandarin? I I speak Mandarin. You do? Perfect. We can do it. Yeah. Perfect. We can do that. We can, we can translate for each other, even awesome. though I don't have to translate for you because you speak both and I don't. Um, well, it has been such a pleasure having you shared this incredible journey of healing, of navigating the medical system. When you've been diagnosed by an aggressive cancer, it's a story of hope that you've shared with us. I mean, it is a story of there's been so much invaluable information, um, provided. So for the listeners out there, please show your gratitude to Jan by emailing her at healthtalks180 at gmail.com telling her what you thought about this podcast and if you need her help, definitely reach out for her consulting services as well and you can reach us, you know where to reach us so it has been such a pleasure having you on the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me, I really admire the work you have been doing with the Green Mustache with your training program I have heard about you a long time ago, since at the beginning of starting my journey, I always tell myself once i'm healed i'm gonna reach out to this wonderful lady so
1: i did thank you so much for having me yes amazing thank you thank you thank you for all those really kind words i really appreciate them okay so stay tuned for our next episode everyone and jan we are going to be in touch and we're going to be staying connected so we can support other people's healing journeys together thank you so much for having me bye 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 for now Welcome back. How did you enjoy that episode with Jan Newell? Isn't she incredible? Like she's full of so much energy, so much spark, so much drive, so much of everything that you know we can all learn from and that we can all strive to be like because when we have energy, when we have a lust for life, when we have a will to learn more, that is when we discover things that maybe we just didn't know before, but life-saving things like metabolic nutrition, like the Gerson therapy, like food as medicine. It's so important for you to know that there's options in the world, that when you go to your doctor, they might suggest something, but they're only suggesting it from their particular worldview, from their paradigm. If they've never looked beyond their paradigm and beyond their worldview, then they're not going to know that there's other options out there. It literally is the same as when the world was saying that the earth was flat and Galileo was saying, no, no, the world is round. It is no different than when Newton had his theories and the world was saying, no, 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 let's hang the man. Or when Einstein said, you know, this is um, the theory of relativity and everyone was saying, no, 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 you are crazy. So you can choose to be like the rest of the world that says, there's no truth to nutritional medicine, or you can choose to be like the rest of the world that actually says, yes, there is truth to food as medicine, there is truth to nutrition, and just learn about it. We're not asking you to drop everything that you know and believe cold turkey, but maybe there's some truth to the fact that meat and animal fat and animal protein isn't serving you isn't good for your arteries isn't good for your microbiome isn't good for your brain health maybe there's some truth to that and what would it look like for you to taste a little bit of that truth for you to attempt a few recipes for you to read a few journal articles or a book or listen to a podcast or you know watch a documentary like um, what the health, or forks over knives, or game changers? Anyway, just food for thought, pun intended. But you know, take a little bit of what you've learned in this podcast today from Jen. You all get curious, get creative, get inspired to want to put your health first. And everyone, please be well, stay well throughout this COVID nineteen pandemic. And I want to know how you survived this pandemic. What are the tools that you use to get through? So please write to us about Jan Newell's podcast. Tell us what you think. Share it with others, as well as write to us and tell us what you did to get through COVID-19 in the healthiest and most abundant of ways. Bye, everyone. Stay tuned for our next podcast on the Eat Real to Heal show.